Welcome to the Crossing Church Podcast. For our very first message of the year, special guest and comedian Michael Jr. delivers a message titled, Funny How Life Works. We hope you enjoy special guest Michael Jr. I'm excited. We're going to have some fun. Man, we're going to have a great time. It's going to be fun. This is going to be great. I actually get to, this is really cool because there's a random woman who got to say anything I tell her to right now. That's great. Look at him. He is so attractive. Did you notice his muscles? <laughs> For those watching online, there's a sign language lady here. Y'all like, what is he? What's going on in his head right now? Like, is he? So we're going to have some fun. I want to say what's up to all the other Plant City and South Shore. I see you guys. I see you. Wave at me if you see me. Yeah, I see you. Everybody watching online. We're about to have a blast. We're going to laugh. Some people think you shouldn't laugh at church. My response to that is always, what good father doesn't want to hear his children's laughter in his house? So we actually get to laugh. It's going to be dope. And then um, let me say about uh, Pastor Greg and Tamara. They're, they're some, they're, you, these are some dope people. If you're first time here, um, I'm not the pastor. I'm sorry. He's, it's not him. My hands are way smaller than this. But y'all pastor got some big hands. I don't know if y'all notice it or not. Do got some... He got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> I do got some big hands. They are awesome, legit people. I see them pretty much every single year at a conference where they're trying to become better for y'all. Like, it's just so dope that they would dig in that much. So that's pretty dope. And then um, he is amazing. <laughs> You're not supposed to look at me. You're supposed to just listen. <laughs> Anyway, so there's, um, so what we're going to talk about today is going to be so much fun, but there's two verses of scripture that's going to apply to what I talk about today. Oh yeah, and by the way, tonight we're doing a, uh, a complete comedy event, a comedy experience, if you would. We're really calling it Funny How Life Works, which I wrote a book called Funny How Life Works, but it's going to be completely different comedy. We're going to laugh. We're going to dig into some cool stuff. You're going to learn some amazing things. And um, we have, so you can buy tickets to that after this. And if you are a health care um, or a first responder person, what I've figured out to do, and my team is 100% unready for this, we have like 20 tickets available for you when you leave here. So, yeah. And if you're so inclined in the room and you want to buy a ticket for healthcare work, somebody that you know, or first responder, do the thing, because they need to laugh, or whatever the case is. So we're going to have some fun tonight. Now, here's what we're going to talk about. Here's what's going to be fun. Let me see if I can say. There's two verses of scripture. It's going to apply to what I talk about today. The first one is uh, James 4.1, and there's a bunch of verses of Scripture that apply to this. But then there's also Matthew 11.28. So write them down, and then later, I think they're going to pop. And then read them later, and they're going to pop in a really cool way. So James 4.1 and then Matthew 11.28. They're going to put them on the screen. I'm just playing with them. 11.28, Matthew. Yeah, and then um, 2 Romans 5. <laughs> I'm just playing. Ain't no second Romans. If you had that, I'd be like, I'm leaving. I don't know what this place is. Anyway. So we're going to Oh, also, this thing that you're going to learn today is really, it's cool. Like, you're going to have a lot of fun with this. It's going to kind of shake you a little bit in a good way. But there's so much more to it that I won't be able to teach right now. So what I'm going to do, uh, roughly an hour and 18 minutes from now, you're going to get an email with a video from me showing you how to do the thing I did to get to where 
this, this revelation that I had. So it's going to be a video. It's going to be me saying, okay, here's what you do. It's going to be three steps. You do these things, and this thing is going to come alive for you in a significant way. So the way you get this email, though, is you go to this QR code right here, pull your phone out, and then there's a QR code right here. Hold your phone up to it. If you have a flip phone, put it back in your pocket. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> but you go to that right now and then put in your email in about an hour, 18 minutes or so from now, you're going to get a video from me explaining to you what to do. On top of that, I'm going to send you my comedy special so you can laugh with your whole family. So you just do that and then uh, we're about to jump in this thing. So it's going to be dope. Or you can go to michaeljr.com slash press in if you don't have a, if you got a flip phone or you don't carry cell phones or whatever the case is. Boom. Now let's jump in this thing. So basically what we're going to talk about today is um, laughter. I'm sorry, let me say it like this. Conflict and how conflict is a key to laughter and peace. It's bananas, right? Why, how could conflict make you, make you laugh? It don't make any sense, right? Well, watch. It does, actually. So I got five kids, right? Um, and, uh, and I travel a lot, you know, so I can see them all. Um, <laughs> Why did we just laugh just now? Because I'm on stage at a church. I got five kids. Your assumption is he must be a great father. The conflict is I travel a lot so I can see them all. I got kids all over. That conflict is what caused you to laugh because it's incoherent with what you were thinking beforehand. By the way, I do I got five kids. They're all, they all, you know, they, they live with me. I mean, it's kind of grown, so they don't live with me. But we got five kids. It's a lot of work. I guess... It's a grip of work. You got, we try to save money, right? We want to get our family pictures taken. That stuff was expensive. So what we did to save money is we all got in the front seat of the car, um, looked both ways, and ran a red light. That's what we did. That's what we did. Uh, two weeks later, the picture came in the mail. <laughs> but my son blinked, so we had to do it again. We had to redo it. Right so one thing I'm excited about is this. Um, so I like to challenge myself. When I'm, whenever I'm uncomfortable, I challenge myself to be a little uncomfortable because so I, I know I'll grow. Like this headset right here is extremely uncomfortable because I'm not used to wearing a headset. But I do have this microphone just in case I need a microphone rent. Or maybe I'll just use this headset while they work on that. So there's a pandemic that's cracking, right? I don't know if you know about that, but I, I believe it's on its way completely down because now everybody is... But here, here's what I learned from the pandemic. One thing I learned from the pandemic, first thing I learned was apparently I'm not essential. <laughs> I found that out. Um, this whole time I thought I was essential, man. Just, nope. And another, another cool thing that's happened from the pandemic is the flu is gone. That is amazing. Like the flu, flu. If you meet somebody and they say they got the flu, you're like, man, you old school, man. Nobody got the flu no more. You got a cold. Who are you? Are you from the future? Another thing that's gone, you probably didn't notice it because it's such a relief. Another thing that we don't have anymore is bad breath. Remember? Because the people who had the bad breath, they didn't know it. Then they put a mask on. <laughs> Their lungs started burning. They was like, what is this? What, what is this? Now they fixed it. If you know who you are, you're like, yeah, my lungs was burning. Yeah. We tried to tell you, but our eyes was watering every single time. So now you know. Now you know. And I used to wear a mask every, I would only take my mask off in public, only like if I had to sneeze, that's the only reason. <laughs> and I grew up in Michigan, so recently I found one of my old ski masks, right? I found one of my old ski masks and I would walk around with a ski mask on, right? 
and um, you don't want to, and I would go to the bank, went to the bank. Um, and you don't want to talk on people because that's how they get the germs, man. So I would just slide a note. I just slide a note. <laughs> Had my hand in my pocket, too. I wasn't even thinking, man. I was just like, yo, let me get my money. And um, stuff was weird. So I want you to recognize right now, the reason we're laughing is because of the conflicts and the stories that I'm telling you. I'm gonna give you a, a taste of a jo one of the jokes we're gonna do tonight. Man, should I do, okay. <laughs> okay, um, people ask me weird questions. Like, Michael Jr., where are you from originally? Originally, huh? Well, I was conceived in Michigan. Before that, I was with my dad. Um, uh, then there's a swim competition, right? Uh, uh, and I won, which is crazy, right? Because currently I don't swim at all, man. But I used to be fast, though, man. I don't know what happened, man. I used to be fast, man. So back to the pandemic. That was a taste for the night. That was like a Sam's Club sample or Costco, however you get down. I don't know which one you. You don't even buy nothing when you go there either. You're just getting the samples and just walking off. So in regards to the pandemic, I don't know how they do here, but when I would take my son to school, they would take his temperature. Like I'd pull up in the car, and before he could get out the car, they would take his temperature. Before he could get out the car. Then when I go pick him up, they try to put him right in the car. I'm like, I don't think so. We need to take his temperature first. And they're like, you're holding up the carpool line. I'm like, I don't care, I'm gonna take his temperature. You don't shoot, I'm gonna take his temperature. If you're under 20 years old, you have no idea what I'm doing right now. My son is like, Dad, this is embarrassing. I'm like, you know what? There's two ways we could do this. There's another, there's another way. <laughs> Why was that ever okay? That should have never been okay. Some of y'all need delivery from this right now. That was just a bad move, man. And I am a hugger. I love hugging people. Like, I'm a hugger. I can't, and men, I'm cool with hugging men too. Men, we got some rules when we hug, though, don't we? We got rules, don't we? Fellas, like, yeah. Anybody know any of the rules? Nope. You know why? Because we don't talk about it. <laughs> if you're a man in here, when was the last time you talked to another man about how you want to be hugged? That's not something we discussed, but there are rules. I'm going to share some of the rules with you right now. Rule number one the hug can only last 1.4 seconds. This is when men hug, it can only last 1.4 seconds. And you know the hug is over because of rule number two, every time we hug, what we do? We tap out. Tap, tap, release. <laughs> Fellas, nobody taught you to tap out? You just know you're supposed to tap out. Like it's just in you. Tap, tap, release. Fellas, you ever tap out and they don't release? I'm like, tap, tap, bro. Tap, tap. I'm doing Morse code on this dude back. Tap, 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 tap. I tapped him so hard he burped. I'm like, dude, you, you just burped, man. Another rule we have is left hand under, right hand over, tap out, release. It's left hand under. I don't care if you left hand or right hand, it don't matter. Left hand under, right hand over, tap out, release. Fellas, you know how you know this is a rule? You ever have a dude try to go under, under? He can't go under, under. He go under, under. You got to go over, over. Now y'all slow dancing. That's what you're doing. Turn on Uzo Vandross at this point. Or John the Mayor for this audience. 
that was, that was funny for me, John Mayer. That's great. So my, my dad used to read books to us when I was a kid. He would read books. Um, actually, let me do... There's one more note I want to give you about hugging. This is one more rule. I'm 6'2". If you 5'2", I'm sorry, bro. You out the hug zone. I don't know what to do with your head in my chest. I don't, like... They're there. How's my heartbeat, buddy? I don't know what to say to you. I don't know. So church is cool because now we get to laugh and it's so much more inviting. And I know a lot of people are here for the first time probably. And listen, church is way different than it used to be probably when you was growing up. It's just a lot of... But when I was a kid, church was miserable. I remember going to this church and this dude was up... Not all churches, just the church I went to. This dude is up on stage and apparently he mad at everybody. I'm seven years old. And he's mad at everybody, and I thought he was mad because he had some phlegm caught in his throat. Because at the end of every sentence, he would always try to get it out. He'd be like, the Lord said, ha Act like you're ha I'm like, Grandma, you need to gargle. Some white mad at us. And my shoes were like three sizes too small. But it didn't matter because my grandmother had this thing called a shoehorn. So if your foot don't fit, now it do. And church lasts six hours. And every Sunday, I would wear this white and brown shirt. My clothes were so tight. Every Sunday, I would wear a white and brown shirt. But it, wasn't, it was really just white. But the buttons were so tight that it was... It was... Church was... It was really, really bad. It was, it was so miserable. This thing is weird. Though. I'm going to go for this now, if, this, if I can. Hey, maybe, maybe we could just get this changed out. Is that cool in the back of the booth? If we can get this one changed out, I'll just get another one. That'd be dope. Thanks. Hey, thanks, man. Cool. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, bro. I would hug you, but I don't know what to do with your head in my chest. So, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> comedy. No, thanks for that, dude. I appreciate that a lot, man. So now, hopefully you've noticed the conflict, which actually brought laughter. Like, you may have not thought about the fact, but conflict is literally what brings laughter. Now, I want to show you how conflict can actually bring peace. It's bananas how this works. So, one of my favorite sayings is, um, I didn't make this saying up, but here it is. Um, actually, the last word I added to it. This is dope. So, um, life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free yet. If you want the yet, you can grab it. If not, you can hold on to the first part of this. Life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free yet. If you want it. So let me explain. So me and my wife got this crib, right? And um, God told us even before we moved in that people, like it's a nice sized house and we, it's, it's not that many of us there. My kids are kind of grown now. And God told us that people would come to stay with us who we need to help physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, and get them in a better place. So people have been coming through the house from all over. In fact, we had a, a prophetic word say, this guy said we were gonna be like Joseph was. And that sounded great, but the people who came to Joseph was broke down and we didn't realize that until they started showing up. We was like, oh, snap. You anyway, so my niece currently is the latest one to live with her. She's a single mom, two kids. Everything was going cool about five, six months in, me and her get into a heated discussion. And, I, and, and she's being disrespectful, and, it's, and I'm, I'm, I'm bubbling. I'm getting upset at this point. 
and my wife is there, and I'm getting upset. And I was mad because she had her, her daughter was out by the pool, right? And her daughter, she's seven years old. She shouldn't be by the pool. Not just seven. She's black. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. We just, that's not something we just naturally do, just swimming around. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> so we got in a heated discussion about that, right? And, I, and I'm raising my voice. I don't raise my voice. I haven't raised my voice since my kids, since my son specifically was in grade school. I just don't raise my voice, it's just not something I do. I don't try not to raise my voice, I just don't raise my voice. But I find myself raising my voice, and, it's, and we're getting, the discussion is getting heated, she's being a little disrespectful, and I'm bubbling. And my wife says, y'all need to take a break. And I was like, oh, okay, so we take a break, and I'm bubbling. But anytime I'm upset with somebody, anytime I, get, anytime I feel a little something, I always ask, is there any truth here at all? And the only thing I got from her and what she said after I tried to figure it out, two things that weren't true at all, but I had to look for something. She said that I don't listen and I try to position myself to be right. That's what, that's what I got, that's, those, that's my version of what she said, and I'm bubbling. But I'm like, this is completely untrue, but what if a portion of it is true? What about my wife? If this is how I am, then it's showing up all over the place, even in my marriage, and I don't want that. On a scale of one to 10, me and my wife's relationship is probably a nine and a half. But I don't wanna settle for a nine and a half, I wanna dig in, so I go to my wife, I'm still mad. She's sitting in the office. I'm like, look, she's tripping, first of all. <laughs> but here's what she said. She said, I don't listen. I try to position myself to be right. I know it's not true. You don't even got to say nothing. Just be quiet, and I know that we're on the same page that this is not true, and we're going to go back in there and finish this. And I said, it's not true at all, is it? And my wife said, well, when she said, well, I was like, snap, what? Now, at this point, I got to pray. So we got this room. In our house, we're just for prayer. For the most part, we just pray in this room. So I go in this room and I'm praying. It's like a little, anyway, I'm going there. I'm praying. I'm like, God, you got to show me this. What is this? Because at this point, it is no longer a horizontal thing. It's probably not even about me and my niece at all. God is trying to show something because life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. I need you to understand that. So I'm, I'm bubbling and I'm upset and I'm like, oh, and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, you got to show me. And I got nothing that, that night, nothing. I think it was because I was too upset. The next morning, I'm still praying. I'm like, Lord, you got to show me what this is. What is this? Trying to be right, trying to, trying to position myself. Like, what is that, Lord? And then God was like, you want to know? I was like, please, like, what is this? And God said, grade school. I won't tell you the grade because some people have a tendency to look up teachers. And I don't want to, the teacher, she did, she did everything she could. But God said to me, grade school, you were put into a special ed classroom and you, and you didn't want to be there. And I remember this. I was put into this special ed classroom and the other kids would make fun of me. And I was doing everything I could to get out of this classroom because I didn't belong there. There were some other kids there who had some significant visual issues and now I'm in this class as well. And I remember working really, really hard on an assignment, super hard, and I handed it to the teacher and she gave me a D, which is the lowest passing grade. Then the next assignment, I just blew it off and just put any, any answers in there, and the teacher gave me a D. And then I remember the teacher saying to me, she said, why don't you skip class sometime? You're never gonna be anything anyways. And God said to me, you're still trying to prove you don't belong in that class. How, how do I get there if not for the conflict? How do I get that revelation if not for the conflict? 
I had to press into the conflict to get that revelation. And then I did this thing where I gave just the burden to God, which is what I'm going to show you in the video on how to only get, because God doesn't want everything. He said, cast your burdens on me. God didn't want me to say, Lord, take my niece, take this pool. Take. God was like, I gave you all of this stuff. I trusted you with this. In fact, I'm using it so you can recognize this burden is here so you can hand me this burden. Life will bring you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. So the conflict that you have right now is just a symptom of the fact you're not free. It's not horizontal. It's vertical. God has, wants to do some work on you. But here's what happens. My nieces in my house being disrespectful to me, so I had some options, technically. I could have put her out of my house. I could have just ignored her for the rest of the time she's with us. I could have just not engaged as much which is what a lot of people do. Or we could have did this, and this sounds great. We could come to some sort of agreement. There's no freedom in an agreement. Hey, you're not gonna do this, I'm not, there's no freedom there. Look inside and there is some money there. I'm telling you, but here's what happens. Most of the time we, we just try to ignore it. You'll do something like quit that job as opposed to dig inside and say, what is this? But then what happens when you quit that job and you get another one? The same person is there with a different hairdo. <laughs> Life brings you people and circumstances to reveal where you're not free. Or we do this. We'll give it a name so we don't got to deal with it. We'll give it a big name and add the word phobia on the end of it. Or we try to beautify it and make it acceptable. We'll give it a cute name like pet peeve. Or he just know how to push my buttons. You ain't got no buttons. You got a belly button. That's it. <laughs> it is an opportunity for you to grow. It's almost as if you're, you're made out. Imagine if you're made out of wood, right? And, and God has you here so you can be sanded down in the perfect shape you need to be. You got this big knot, this big knot of wood still right here. There's this big knot of wood and God wants to sand it down. And he's going to send people in circumstances to sand that down so you can fit through the door that is shaped exactly like you. But instead, of, but instead, as soon as somebody shows up, as soon as your wife says something, you're like, no, back up. No, I quit that job. I ain't going to that church. And you're walking around with this big knot right here, completely unaware of the fact that God is trying to sand you down to get you where you need to be. Life, I'm telling you, it's happening right now. Some of y'all got some conflicts tracking right now, and you mad at them. You got to look in here and be like, what? Ask this question. Say, what is this coming up in me? Lord, show me this. And then he, I'm telling you, he'll show it to you. He'll show you where it came from. And then you deal with that thing. Because if you don't deal with that thing, you're not going to be able to get to where you're supposed to go. Like on the real. Man, this thing is. Hey, let me ask you a question. How many people flinch just now when I reach for the microphone? How many people got a little tight when I reach for the microphone? Why? This is a completely different microphone. It's a completely different scenario. We saw somebody come out and change the microphone, yet you're still having a reaction to something that happened before? Even though God, is, God may be telling you, listen, I want to amplify what I'm doing in your life. I want to do more. I want you to grab the microphone and do so much more. But you're still flinching from something that happened before. Amen. 
Some of you, had I not finished up this illustration, some of you actually unknowingly would have left and saying, you know what, I don't like when pastors and speakers be using microphones. I don't know what it is. It's something about microphones, man. I just, they need to have on a headset. Literally, that would have been part of your understanding had I grabbed the mic again and had the audio fail the way it did. And you would have left him and cool with it. And then God sends a pastor or somebody to your town and they talk on a microphone and you can't receive it. I don't know. I'm telling you, do this work and watch. First of all, let me say this. I'm excited about the conflicts you have in your life. I'm actually pretty excited. Some of y'all got some conflicts that keep showing up. You ever meet, you ever know a girl, she get involved with this dude and he ain't no good, and then she break up with him, and then who she find? This is the same dog gonna do, and you bubbling mad, and you trying to tell her what to do. And maybe that whole relationship, maybe whatever's going on or a portion of it is really about you asking a question, what is it? What's coming up in me? Why do I dislike that dude this much? There's money. Here's the thing I don't know. I don't understand what people do when they don't know Jesus. They know they got this conflict. They know they got this burden. But what do you do with it if you don't know Jesus? So um, we have a, uh, I have a, a book that I wrote called Funny How Life Works. Uh, that book is available when you guys leave here. This is a picture of the book right there. Actually, I'm going to be signing copies of it so you can get the book. One of the, one of the stories in the book that isn't even, I would say on a scale of one to 10, it might be a six, but it ends in a guy who's in my audience, who's a fugitive of the law, asking me if I would help him turn himself into the authorities. And I called the police, he got in the car and left. Banana story, like it's some stories in there that shake some stuff. I also wrote a, a children's book called The Parts We Play. Super excited about that, thought we had a picture of it, apparently it's me, yeah. Wrote a children's book called The Parts We Play, you can get that. And I also created a course called Funny How Life Works. Now the thing about this course, it teaches you about purpose so you can walk in it fully because there's some things going on in your life that you're not even aware of. And because we added comedy to this course, you actually get to laugh while you're doing the course, which is an emotion, which means you'll create a, a, a positive neural association to understanding what your purpose is. So even after you're done with the course, your brain would still look for things that has to do with your purpose because it's attracted to the pleasure. I know it's a little deep right now. I've got enough time to explain it, but you want to get the course. You can get this whole course. You can get the whole nine if you want to today. And uh, boom, apparently it's $98. That's a great, is that correct? No, I'm just playing. No, that's good. That's a great, that's a great. So you can get that whole course and then um, be on course. And the proceeds are going, by the way, to, to a black family in America. I want to say that. So, it's true, true. So you can get it, they'll put that QR code up at the end or in the back, there's a, or out in the lobby, you can buy the stuff too. And if you're online, you can get it somewhere. I don't know where, you gotta figure it out. So as I was saying, I don't know what people do if they don't know Jesus and you realize it. Cause otherwise, here's what you're doing when you don't deal with what's actually going on inside. You're playing a game of whack-a-mole. Remember whack-a-mole, the head come up, boom, 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 all day. That's what you're doing all day. Ooh, I don't like her. Ooh, I can't stand him. Oh, I don't like those people. Ooh, turn the channel. What kind of, that's not freedom. Listen, I got an, I got an ex-employee who did something really not good to the company. Like really, really not good. This was like three months ago, really not good. Him and another employee, really not good. And what I wanna do, I'm not saying this to brag, I just want you to know, I am excited about figuring out a way have dinner with the both of them. 
And if you knew the story, you'd be like, there's no, why would you even want to do it? Why would you put yourself, if I can have dinner with them and enjoy dinner, snap. Who, what, what other freedoms have I created that I wasn't even aware of? Two of the doggone things in whack-a-mole don't come up no more. I just got to deal with these three. Y'all up here like, gah, 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 gah. no, I can, keep, I can unplug those two and have complete freedom. But if you don't know Jesus, what do you do? I don't understand that. You got to be able to hear his voice so you can make the right choice about what you're supposed to do. So um, me and my wife were looking at some old home videos recently of our youngest daughter being born. I'm going to show you the video. Not her being born, because my wife would be like, you doing what? We got some conflict we need to talk about. So it's a video of our youngest daughter being born. I took this video. The video you're about to watch is a video I took, but I didn't understand the power of it until I watched the video. So let me set it up for you. She's like two and a half minutes old. Our daughter's two and a half minutes old at the time. And um, they got her under that little chicken warmer at the hospital, the little <laughs> thing to keep the french fries warm. I don't know what kind of insurance we have, but that's what they got her under. And the nurse is about to clean her up, and she starts to cry. I want you to notice what happens when she hears my voice. Okay, for her, look, look, I'm right here. It's okay, it's okay. I'm right here, I'm right here. We're doing just fine. It's okay. It's okay, I'm right here. Right here, yeah, it's okay. It's okay, baby. Yo, so that was pretty powerful, right? Now, now it's like seven, seven and a half minutes or so later. The nurse is done cleaning her up, and she starts to cry again. I speak up, and she stops crying again. But I want you to notice what happens when I tell her I love her. Portland, it's okay. It's okay. It's good. It's good. It's good. I'm right here. I'm right here. I am right here. I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah, I'm right here, I'm right here. It's okay, it's okay. So here's the thing. There's going to be times in life where it feels like you're going from conflict to conflict to conflict. Or maybe you're just full of fear because of all the uncertainties right now. The key thing to do in those moments is to be still and listen for the Father's voice. Be still and listen for the Father's voice because he is talking to you. And what he wants you to know is that he's right here. He loves you. All you have to do is open your eyes. You hear some music? <laughs> man, it's you, dude. I'm thinking that's music in my heart, man. Hold on, it's wrong. Too early. Wait, wait, one more. I got one more story I need to tell. Then you're supposed to slide your smooth self in after that. I'm up here like, Lord, is that you, Lord? Like, what is this? Is this dude right here? Where you come from right now? I don't even know where dude just appeared, like the Holy Spirit or something. I'm like, wait. Anyway. Okay, so I got one more story I need to tell you. And this is a story about having a relationship with Jesus. But first I gotta tell you how I came up with the story. Then after I tell you how I came up with it, that dude's supposed to slide in right there. <laughs> So the way I came up with this story is I was actually writing a joke. This is a story about having a relationship with Jesus. So you can hear his voice. So when you have a conflict, instead of getting mad at it, you can be like, yes, this conflict represents peace. It represents freedom. Yes, 
thank you, random person, for the conflict. And you get to take it to him and be like, what is this? Get, let's move all this dirt out the way and find, it's, there's a gym in here somewhere. But that is so much fun. I actually, I know it sounds weird, but whenever I'm feeling a little something, I get a little excited. I'm like, oh yes, there's some freedom right here. So you could actually take it in. So the, the joke, I was up writing a joke and God showed me this. So I was writing a joke about the good room. How many people here know what the good room is? Raise your hand. Plant City, South Shore, raise your hand. If any of you know what the good room is, see, there's like two hands going up here. The reason nobody really knows is because I never finished writing a joke. But the truth is, is mostly all of you know what the good room is. Let me explain. The good room is that room in your grandmother's house. I'm talking to the people online too. It's the room in your grandmother's house or your aunt's house or maybe your house. It's that one room that's better than the rest of the house. Can't nobody go in there. It's plastic on the furniture. It's really just for looks. Like, don't go in there. We're going to be in here sitting on these milk cartons. Come on. How many people know what the good room is now? Raise your hand. Plant City, South Shore, online. Yes. Okay, a bunch of hands went up now. So I was writing a joke about the good room, and in the middle of writing this joke, God stopped me and told me to tell this story to his people. And I started, I wrote it down, so now I'm going to share this story with you. Right now would be a great time to slide in, bro. I didn't mean to interrupt you while you was... <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. He listening like, man, that's a good story. I can't wait to hear it. So I want everyone in here, everyone watching Plant Cities, South Shore, online. If you're watching this nine years from now on YouTube, I want you to listen. So I want you to imagine, imagine that you are a house. And outside of the house is Jesus Christ. And he wants to come in. But he'll never force his way in. He wants you to invite him in. And the reason... Some people in this room, some people watching right now, the reason you haven't invited Jesus into the house fully is because you're cool with the way things are right now. So it would seem. Because whenever you need something or something goes wrong, you just walk up to the door, crack it open, say a little prayer, tell them what happened, and close the door, go back into the house. But that's not a relationship at all. How can you hear his voice under those circumstances? How can you truly take that burden, that conflict, that little piece of it to him under those circumstances? And the reason you won't let him in is because your house is a mess. And you think you need to clean it up first. How's that working out for you? There may be drugs or pornography in the house or you're just buying a bunch of stuff, running around all the time, volunteering, trying to be distracted from the mess or relationships. You brought other people in the house hoping that maybe they could help you clean it up. But they can't. The only one who can clean it up is standing outside the door wearing an apron with a bucket in his hand, waiting on you to truly open the door. Then there's other people in here right now. You used to have Jesus in the whole house. But whether you realize it or not, you've moved him to just one room in the house, the good room. Have you ever noticed how the good room most of the time is the one right up front? with the big window. So when people look in, they think the whole house is clean. But it's not, it's just that one room. You quote scriptures, but it's just that one room. You go to church, but it's just that one room. You watch online, but it's just that one room. Jesus wants access to the whole house. And I'm telling you, if you will just open this door and let him in, he'll show up with a contractor named the Holy Spirit. 
and they will make sure the house is fully functioning the way it was intended to so you can hear his voice so you can understand how that conflict actually can be a source of peace for you but none of this happens if you don't open a door because he will not he will never force his way in he wants you to invite him in so for everyone in here if you could just close your eyes and bow your head even watching online right now I know you're in your pajamas just close your eyes bow your head at the other campuses as well if you're listening to my voice right now and you know it's you and you need to invite Jesus into the into your house whether it be for the first time or to give him full access to the house again I'm asking you to do something really simple. On the count of three, I simply want you to put your hand in the air. Don't overthink this. Just wherever you are right now on this planet, on the count of three, I simply want you to put your hand in the air. And this is because you want to invite him in for the first time or to give him full access to the house truly. On the count of three, hands are already going up. One, two, three, nice and high. Put the hands up nice and high. Praise God. I see those hands. I even see some hands, believe it or not, that are going up at the other campuses as well. And even online, I'm telling you. All right, go ahead and put your hands down and then look up at me. First of all, let me say this. I am proud of you. Now listen, sometimes when I say that on stage, God will give me a number on how many times I need to say that again so some people in the room can receive it because you probably have not heard it or received it from a father's voice. So I'm gonna repeat that phrase again. I'm proud of you. And I want you to receive it from a father's voice. I am proud of you. I am proud of you. I am proud of you. So now I'm asking you to do something else. This is really important. Jesus says, if you take a stand for me before man, I will take a stand for you before my father in heaven. So what that's going to look like right here on earth is everyone who raised their hand, and even those who should have raised their hand, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up and remain standing. There's no public speaking involved. We're not going to embarrass you in any way, but this is very important. When you raise your hand, you're reaching for the doorknob. But when you stand up and do this prayer together, you're blowing the door open so Jesus can come into this house in this brand new year, and you will be able to hear his voice. So this is very important. So again, this is for everyone who raised their hand, everyone at every campus, everyone online. This is for those who raised their hand and even those who should have raised their hand. On the count of three, I want you to stand up and remain standing. And to help with that, everyone around you, they're going to applaud as loud as they can. But it will not compare to the applause that the angels in heaven will be doing when you stand to your feet and remain standing. One, two, three. Just stand up and remain standing. Thank you, Jesus. And remain standing. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Okay, if you're standing up, don't clap. Just receive the applause of the people around you. Praise God. The other campuses, I see you guys, for real, for real. All right, so here's what's going to happen. So keep standing. I know when the when, when applause stops, the tendency is to sit down. This is not horizontal. This is not horizontal. It's, it's completely vertical. There's a few people right now who are having a hard time standing up. I want you to take the courage and just stand. That's a conflict right there. That's a little bit of a conflict. Why come I can't stand? What is that? If you can't stand for some reason, when you get in your car, I need you, or before you leave, I need you to say, hey God, what was that? Why couldn't I stand up? What does that represent? What happened? Were you in school in the fourth grade and you stood up and said something and everybody embarrassed you? What happened? So you can be free, so you can stand. I don't want you to force against it. I want you to get wisdom from God so you can do the thing. 
So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a prayer together. And then they're going to bring out a white dude to make it official. That's what they normally do. I don't know how to do that. But. We're laughing in the middle of a life-changing moment. God wants you to laugh. So we're going to pray. So repeat after me nice and loud, bold and clear. If you're sitting down because you can't stand, praise God. Beast mode. I love it. Then, then I want you to do this prayer anyway. You just made a dope choice, lady in the white sweater. Whatever you just broke through, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. That was a big deal. Big ups to you. Big ups to you. So repeat after me. Dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die for me. Thank you that your son rose again on the third day for my sins. I believe it and I receive it. Come into my house. Come into my heart and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now watch this. Everybody have a seat. So here's what's going to happen. They're going to bring up the white dude. Whoa, dude, you just showed up out of nowhere. I don't know. Hey, it's like the police. I didn't even know he was back there. Anyway, so here's what's going to happen. So we're about to dismiss, and this is what I want. Everyone who raised their hand, and even those who should have raised their hand, we're gonna have prayer people up front. If the prayer people wanna come now, they can. This is happening at every campus. So here's what's gonna happen. I don't want you to do what you always done. I want you to do something new. Because if you do what you've always done, you're gonna get what you always got. So normally what happens when you go to church? You come to church, you have an experience, you like it, then you go back to your car. Physically, you go back to your car. So what's gonna happen now is you guys, after, after we dismiss, those who made that decision are gonna come forward to get prayer or to get one of the connection cards. You're going to do something different than you normally do. And instead of having you come up right now, I'm gonna have you come up when everybody else is leaving. Why? Because everybody else will be going that way. And you're going to make a decision to come this way. Because out the, outside these doors, you've done that before. You just went with the crowd. But now, these people actually get to help you do something different than you normally would do. So as you bump into people and move forward, know that you are, that is a symbol of you saying, no God, I want even more. As uncomfortable as this is, with each step, you're just gonna keep walking towards what God has for you. And it may be as simple as receiving a card, or getting a hug, or even praying with somebody, but I want you to do it right here in the physical, and watch what God is going to do in the supernatural. I love you. I appreciate you. I'll see you outside. I'll be signing stuff. Buy some merch. It's going to the black family in America. Um, I love you. I love you. I love you. Make the choice. Make the choice. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for trusting me. We hope you enjoyed that word. Don't forget you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash crossingchurch. There you can watch all of our messages on demand and our live broadcasts. You can also download the Crossing Church app by going to wearecrossing.com app, and you can download it for your app store. We can't wait to worship with you next weekend. For times and locations, visit wearecrossing.com.